0: provide leads and they give us opportunity to contribute content and to be an expert and those kinds of things. And there's value in that building our own brand. The intellectual investment that you get when you're working with really smart people was a big part of that as well.
1: If you're not able to portray $10,000 worth of value that your partner program is going to provide in the first three to six
2: months, why should any agency work with you? Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Hello and welcome to Make Them Famous. If it's your first time with us, my name is Alex. I'm your host. This podcast is all about how partnerships work. Typically, partnerships with digital agencies, we focus on that because it is a tough nut to crack, as most of you listening will agree with. Uh, This episode, I'm very excited for. It is something I've tried to put together a few times and it didn't work out, but I'll give you a little bit of background so you understand what I'm talking about. Every type of digital agency has a unique relationship with their software stack. Implementation or expert partners for major platforms like HubSpot, Shopify, Salesforce, sit in between the product And the internal team, typically the marketing team or the uh, engineering team that end up having to use the product. So the relationship is I think I want HubSpot, maybe I want Salesforce. I'm gonna consult a digital agency. That agency is a partner of HubSpot. They pull me into HubSpot and I go with it because they're going to support me and build it out. I'm gonna pay them to do so. That agency is a partner of HubSpot. They get commission, of course, they get all the training and support they need to be in the middle and be able to continue to implement HubSpot. When you look at agencies whose revenue exists on top of technology the client may never even know exists. Sometimes it's a white label scenario with the agency, Uh, but most of the time, this software, this key technology, is allowing the digital agency to build very robust services on and uh, the relationship is a little bit nuanced in that sense where the partner teams they are having to sell into that agency First and foremost, the agency does have to become a customer to become an expert, then become a partner. And then how does it work between the agency and their clients when they have to set up new instances in order to scale and add more client services? And where does the word partnership come into that mix? It causes a lot of frustration for many partner teams out there. And we want to clarify. So one such platform is SEMrush. SEMrush, maybe you know them as SEMrush. It's a suite of SEO tools used by digital agencies like our guest today to power enterprise-grade services with six-figure monthly retainers. So how does the partnership work between SEMrush and these digital agencies when, again, SEMrush is behind the scenes. Many of their clients never even know they use SEMrush. To find out, I asked my friend, Brian Mosley, former HubSpot, former Databox, now director of channel sales at SEMrush, to bring one of his favorite digital agency partners, Marty Martin, founder and CEO at Locomotive Agency, a top SEO agency, onto the podcast so we can understand what makes a world-class partnership organization like HubSpot, Databox, and SEMrush, how to launch partner programs, around sub-products like Split Signal by SEMrush, what drew Marty into the partnership originally, what Brian did well, how Marty makes the case to devote time and resources to a new partnership like SEMrush, how much value Marty places on the partnership bringing thought leadership into his agency. Brian's criteria for qualifying an agency to take them down this expensive, time-consuming track, time-consuming for both sides. A great qualifying question Brian asks potential partners to make this decision. Marty's take on successful partnership activities. How much of a factor communication is in the success of a new partnership? Give you a hint. It's extremely important. (laughs) Why? It's always best to start with a small set of core partners, why SEO agencies are very skeptical of partnerships in general. Final recap is what partner teams and other SEOs can learn from this agency and their partnership with SEMrush. This is another great episode I think your team will benefit from, no matter what side of the partnership coin you are on. But before we dig in, please listen and or watch, if you're watching this on YouTube or another channel, A quick review of our amazing platform sponsors. First, Partner Stack. Partner Stack is the number one rated partner platform for software companies. Partner Stack works with top companies like Monday.com, Unbounce. Who was just on the podcast? Intercom, Webflow. Uh, Some of the companies that use Partner Stack to make sure that their partners are happy. Uh, We advise many of our post. Program market fit clients to demo partner stack when they are ready to scale revenue through partnerships. Uh, we also talk a lot about co selling in this podcast. We talk a lot about co selling between agencies and tech, as well as tech to tech. And one of the platforms that really shines for both sides of our ecosystem, the agencies and the technology, is Reveal. Reveal just launched version two. They have an amazing UI and UX and our agencies love it. And this is the thing with these co-selling partnerships is if one of the two sides does not have the tool that you're trying to use, you can't effectively co-sell. So uh, we recommend Reveal, uh, number one, because it's a great product. Number two, because you can integrate CRM for free and map data without hitting a paywall. Many agencies will stop when you try to refer them to a tool that is too expensive, and uh, and that will crush your ability to effectively co-sell with agencies in particular. It's it's super important. So check out Reveal, book a demo. It's free. Why not? Uh, Sendoso is our third sponsor of this show. They've been an awesome sponsor and awesome partner for us in many ways. They're also in one of our programs, but SindoSo is the top. Sales and partnerships teams, number one choice for gifting and sending. They are the leading sending platform. Sendoso is the most effective way for revenue teams to generate more revenue and stand out and engage their strategic points of contact throughout the partner journey. So if you're a tech team listening to this, I'm sure your salespeople are using Sendoso or something similar, but check out what they have to offer. They just released a number of new features, both for partners as well as for end users. And uh, it's slick and it is fast and it is robust. So please check out Sendoso, check out Reveal and check out Partner Stack, links below. And as usual, Enjoy this episode. All right, guys, welcome to the show. So uh, let's start out with introductions. I did the Wikipedia version of this episode, but um, we wanna meet you guys. So let's do uh, Brian first, go ahead. My
1: name's Brian Mosley. I live in Boston. Uh, My background is in building marketing agency partnerships with SaaS companies. So in 2013, I helped build the HubSpot agency partner program. In uh, 2017, I built the agency program at Databox. And for the last two years, I've been working at SEMrush to help build their agency program with partners like uh, Marty and, and Locomotive.
2: And Marty, go ahead with your introduction.
0: I'm Marty Martin. I'm from uh, Roanoke, Virginia, originally. Now I live in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Locomotive Agency, which is a full-service um, SEO agency, uh, as well as pay per uh, We're in our 10th year now, I think, as an agency.
2: Awesome. And how long have you known Mr. Brian over here?
0: Uh, I don't know, Brian. What do you think? Has it been a year yet?
1: Yeah, Marty was one of the first agencies uh, that we onboarded to our split signal agency program. So I'd say uh, coming up on a year, we launched uh, last April. So uh, Friday will be our one year anniversary of split signal and probably
2: our official partnership with locomotive. I love it. I love it. And uh, we're talking about um, agency partnerships as usual on this on the show. <coughs> well, I'd say 90% of our episodes are agency partnerships focused. I think we have a couple in there that are, not but um, this works sort of like a um, marriage counseling for you guys. And we want to hear how it's going, what's, what's going on with it. Um, if there's any, you know, if there's any complaints, of course, um, or <laughs> things that have happened that caused any bumps in the road, We definitely want to hear about that because it's important for the partner teams out there to know they all don't end up, you know, as successful as yours. And maybe it's gone off the rails a couple of times. That's important to know. Um, But Brian, for the listeners that don't fully understand, there's SEM Rush and then Split Signal. You guys launched a partner program just for Split Signal. How does that work? The typical way that
1: MarTech companies go to market through agencies is around their, their core product. So HubSpot's a great example. Um, Shopify big commerce Clavio Privy these are all good examples of, uh, of kind of world-class partner orgs and, and the reason they're world-class is because there is a, a, a correlate a direct correlation between the agencies adding new clients and making more money and the software companies making adding more customers and making more money um, and that correlation is linear meaning meaning they both increase at the same rate. There is a, uh, uh, the way the SEMrush core product is set up, it's similar to like a data box where agencies purchase the software as more of an operational expense for them to do work. Mm -hmm. And then they add and remove uh, projects as they add and remove clients. Meaning if I can, if I'm a software company and I'm helping Locomotive go from two clients to 200 clients, Marty's going to make a lot more money but I'm not going to sell a lot more software because Marty's just going to add and drop clients in his different projects in SEMrush or Databox. Therefore, um, in order to truly help agencies, and and that's not taking anything away from our core product. We have 80,000 happy customers. 25% of those are agencies. Marketing agencies love using SEMrush. I agree. It's great. So um, in addition to that, SEMrush is also launching these separate products that are outside of the core product uh, that agencies can wrap services around and and make more money on. So we have three products. One is Split Signal, which is an enterprise SEO split testing tool. And that's what Marty was one of our first partners. We also have a new product launching this April uh, called Surround Sound, which is a search reputation management tool. And we have a third product called Page Improve, which helps SEOs make client-side changes on sites without logging into the CMS. So uh, that's what's a little bit different about the SEMrush uh, agency program. And um, that's how we've been working with uh, with Marty and Locomotive.
2: Part of the dilemma, I think, for orgs like yours, uh, big platforms, HubSpot goes through this. We just recorded an episode, Marty, with um, uh, one of the head of heads of go-to-market for HubSpot. Yeah, they went through this this whole dilemma as well. It's like you've got people that know SEMrush or SEMrush now, and then you've got People that are using different um, sides of the product or different yep. uh, offshoots, different sub products underneath that. And then you have to figure out kind of where to focus as well as how to go to market with agencies like yours with these new products. So HubSpot did it with their operations hub. They're doing it with their pay uh, payments product now. Exactly. Um, you have to bring in top agencies and then they have to make it a win-win for you, Marty. So talk us through that, Marty, if you could just go back to when you guys first started, you were using probably SEMrush as a product and then they launched split signal. And then you got into the weeds with split signal and things are hopefully good.
0: Yeah. So Brian had reached out to us um, about a year ago to talk about the products. Um, so we're while we're a full service SEO agency, most people within the industry know us as being a very technical agency, um, having a lot of programming and uh, experience and so on. And so when he reached out, uh, for that part of the split signal implementation, is need, uh, sort of needing to have a basic understanding of uh, the document object model when you're dealing with websites and things like that. And so, it made sense to talk to technical agencies. And so, when we're talking, um, I think that Brian and I had a pretty good synergy in our conversation, and, and you know, we each understood where the other was coming from. One of the things that was really helpful for me, particularly in the trust area, was that Brian was really open shared everything, kind of put it all out there, didn't hold anything back um, and helped me understand, you know, how's this good for us? How's it good for them? Um, got Gave some cool demos of the product uh, and so on and so forth. So in talking to him, um, you know, just like in anything in business relationship is really important. And I think he gets that and um, it wasn't as much a sales pitch as it was really like, here's how we can work together to help each other succeed. And that really resonated with me because that's our posture when it comes to our clients as well It's like, we're not really just some agency selling a service to a client. We really are trying to be their partner and, and, and succeed together. So um, that posture coming from him really um, uh, I found, you know, from a business perspective, attractive.
2: Okay. So you felt like, yeah, you were being taken care of that this Mm -hmm. wasn't just a uh, partner manager pushing a product, but you really were going to be brought into a lot more, bigger, um, interesting things that would bring you business that would help not bring you business as well as support you in, in, in earning that new business.
0: Right. Um, And not, not only that too, like, I mean, it wasn't just about that because the tool frankly was really cool too. And, and, you know, what you're able to do with it was really attractive, um, to, to us as an agency. So, um, the two of those things combined really, really sold it for me.
1: I'd like to add one thing here. I think, one thing partner managers could learn from um, is it, agencies all care about leads for sure. But I think something that, that uh, marketing agencies miss is they're not sure how else SaaS companies can help them. Uh, leads is one way for sure. But like I think we're kind of teaching Marty um, or enabling him to learn how to offer this new service that is SEO split testing that very few agencies uh, know how to do. And there's only a handful that have this as their differentiator. Meaning, if Marty is in a competition with two other agencies that are equally comparable in terms of technical SEO skills and price and and, uh, and relationship, Marty's going to win because he offers this SEO testing dedicated service, and his other two competing agencies do not. So that's something to think about for partner managers: how good of a job is your team doing it? Teaching agencies how to make money off of a new service and not just providing them with leads or co-marketing
2: opportunities. Sound bite right there. I like that. Um, <laughs> so Marty, uh, you know, some agencies get lucky and they just kind of hop on a uh, partnership train early on and ride it and just, you know, stick with it and just feel like, hey, I'm doing the right thing. And uh, things, are, things are coming together as they get deeper and deeper into the partnership. A lot of early adopters of HubSpot's partner program are like this. You see them now, giant agencies that rode that wave. Sometimes it goes wrong and we choose to dive in deep with a potential partner and um, it ends up being a total time suck and it's one-sided and you feel like you're only getting calls for leads that you can send back and you're not getting on any sort of calls that are bringing you business or calls that are bringing you value. I'll give you an example. One of our Marketo B2B um, enterprise agencies has a number that he um, uses to make the decision of whether to go down a new implementation partner track. And it's about 10 grand he equated, which uh, is a sum of training time, the hours that he has to pay his team to get into lunch and learns, to get onto calls. They've got to create assets on their website. So if I'm going to sell SplitSigma, I've got to have landing pages on my website that talk about split SEO testing, you know, 10 grand. So when you decide to go into a relationship like split signal, it was probably easy for you because it's SEM rush. You trust the product and now there's something more you can do. So it could be product driven. But what are some of the things that you have to check and you know check the box for inside your ad and with your team? Your team's going to ask, why are you now making us go down this road of trying to learn this new tool? What is in it for us? What's the real reason? What are some of the boxes that you check and some of the arguments that you make and any anything, any decision-making criteria that you have to uh, devote time and effort and bandwidth and money and resources to? To this new partnership
0: that's a good question so um as an agency we're intentionally not growing at an exponential rate like we grow organically um and so we hire as we need capacity we don't carry a lot of overhead and so for us a very practical consideration is how much time is it going to take to work through this partnership because we don't ha- we don't have people dedicated to managing these kinds of things or you know whatever so as we're growing as an agency we are starting to bring on more type, more overhead type roles like myself, (laughs) but, um, you know, that aren't directly contributing to revenue. So, so the value that we're going to get from an investment in the time is a big part of that. And, And considering, you know, not only, you know, a deeper relationship with one of our primary SaaS vendors was was one consideration. Um, having beta access to a, a really cool new tool was certainly um, part of it. Developing relationships with the people behind the scenes um, was a big part of it. But frankly, also um, the intellectual investment that you get when you're working with really smart people um, was a big part of that as well. And so getting exposure to all those things checked a lot of the boxes for us. You know, it is about leads and revenue as it is for most businesses. Like the work that we do, I always distill it down to when I say, what are your goals? I always say, I understand revenue is a primary goal. So let's let's break that down. And it's the same for us. Um, you know. And, and they do provide leads and they give us opportunity to contribute content and to be an expert and those kinds of things. And there's value in that building our own brand.
2: Killer, killer. And I'll, Brian, I'll get to your thoughts on that real quick, but I want to um, just highlight one thing that you mentioned is the thought leadership that you get from going down the partnership route. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a great incentive that for a lot of platforms, it doesn't quite work because they're just simple plugins for HubSpot or something like that. But for SEMrush or SEMrush, that is one of the major value props is like, we can take you on this journey that's gonna end with you being one of five or 10 agencies that know how to do this, which means my customer success team and my sales team Who are we going to refer to when a customer has a very uh, difficult build and they need extra support that we don't provide as a company? Well, we have to send them to somebody that knows how to do it, which means our agencies that are thought leaders. So the first step is becoming that thought leader, which takes a lot of time, resources, and energy and effort from both of you guys. So Brian, the question back to you, comment on what Marty said, but then also mention some of the criteria that you have to check. Um, the box for to make sure you're not wasting your time because it goes two ways if you spend a year with Marty and he ends up deciding he doesn't want to do SEO anymore that was a year of your time wasted so some of the boxes that you have to check and then comment on that thought leadership component for your program I like
1: the the marketo example you gave of, of this partner that puts a dollar sign amount on it I, I think I might, I think I might borrow that. I think it's a it's a better way to position this and say, "Hey, Mr. Or Mrs. Agency Owner, this is going to cost you about ten thousand dollars if you decide to go down this route with me um, for all the time you're going to spend." And um, I need I think it's a good it's a good number for a partner manager too. If you're not able to portray ten thousand dollars worth of value that your partner program is going to provide in the first three to six months. Why should any agency work with you? So I, I like that perspective. Um, I think my checklist changes based on in which role I'm in and, and what I mean is wh- where the product is. So for example, at HubSpot, when I was helping build the agency channel program there, we had perfect product market fit. We had been doing it you know, for a long time, for six plus years. And my criteria there was, who is coachable and who wants to make money, who's got real goals around revenue and doesn't really have a great plan to get there and, and needs help. So, so that's my, that was my criteria at HubSpot. At Databox, it was it was uh, a product that was pivoting and so there was some more there was less product market fit there. And so at that stage, it was just a lot of HubSpot partners to be perfectly honest in the first two years of the data box partnership that uh, we already had Pete and I already had trust with. And, uh, and so that criteria was just, Hey, do you have a real issue or pain with report with monthly reporting? And do you want a, 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 to add another notch in your belt in terms of another quality SaaS partnership, but at SEMrush, it's been very different. So f- for Marty, um, when I when I decided that I uh, wanted to invest time in, in him and working with him, my criteria was around first of all, does he have the the technical chops? Like, is he is he am I gonna is he a, you know does he focus on local SEO or or does his team? um have a deep knowledge uh in in statistics and causal impact models and and are they able to to execute on SEO on a very complex enterprise level SEO split testing program. And uh you know after meeting JP JP is that his name Marty? Yeah after meeting JP I was I was more than convinced he's one of the brightest SEOs that I've ever oh, worked with. No sorry it's JR sorry <laughs> JR thank you. And um so so for so so for me one with split signal it was uh it was it was was technical chops like are they able to execute? But then also one of the first questions I ask people, and this is what I would recommend for all partner agency people, is uh, as I always ask SEO, I always ask agencies, can you give me a couple of examples of other successful Martech partnerships that you have right now, or that you or that you've had in the past? Um, and if the answer is zero, and we don't work with other Martech. Companies and we've done this all ourselves, and we've never needed any help. Uh, that that is a certain type of agency owner that that thinks that they're able to get go go farther on their own than they are with uh, with help. Um, and and I just kind of hang up when people give me that answer. If they if they don't if they're not if they haven't um, opened their hearts to to be able to trust somebody else out there and seen success with another existing uh, partnership, um, I'm just wasting my time. So, so, uh, so Marty saw the benefit in partnerships and I could tell right away that, um, he had some faith and some trust and he, 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 he knew that it was worth his time to, to dedicate, to evaluating other partnerships with other agencies and partnerships with SAS companies. And he, he kept an open mind, you know, he's like, yeah, maybe this will work and maybe it won't but I'm going to spend some time evaluating it and I'm going to, I'm going to um, it's worth my time to at least evaluate it. And I'm not going to make a decision until I kind of have all the facts and I have a process for making the decision. And I just, I just really appreciate that, that sort of uh, thoughtfulness that he brought to the, to the, to the discussion.
2: Love that qualifying question. That's great. Yeah. And um, we do the same thing, Marty. Um, it's, it's a situation where agencies as well, if you're partnering with other agencies, do they have another, partner that's sending the business as an agency? Do they work with another agency successfully? I think that's something that you probably talk to these agencies about. And the ones that don't are probably going to be a little more of a hassle. You kind of have to hold their hand a little more. You've got to um, talk to them a little bit more about uh, contract stuff where they haven't dealt with that in the past, how communication works between your clients and them and their clients and you, and uh, what type of relationship you're going to have. There's multiple ways to go. But the partners that have it, the agencies and tech companies that have a lot of partnerships working, that's, that's, um, those are a lot easier. Um, so Brian's been through a number of very successful partner programs, but a lot of partner managers haven't. They're new to the game of partnerships. They don't really know how to treat you, whether they treat you like a user that's going to buy more licenses or they treat you like somebody that's a gateway to a lot more business for them. And it takes them a long time to learn that, too. It's not easy. They usually come from sales roles and they're used to just looking at revenue numbers all day long and, and that's all they know. And that's, that's, uh, that's what it is. But Marty, I want to get your um, experience with the multiple types of partnerships and um, uh, really kind of what the operation of partnerships. You're a different animal um, for those that are listening than most of the agencies out there. SEO agencies are very, very different in a number of ways. But I want to hear kind of how you look at partnerships, um, what it looks like from a day to day and then for new partners that come to the table, I'm sure you get outreach from other tech companies that want to partner with you as well. What do you look at and do you evaluate at all? Or do you just say, no, we're pretty focused on this and um, we'll come to you if we ever need it type thing. How does partnerships work at Locomotive?
0: Well, it, the partnerships here usually start with some kind of a relationship. So, you know, if, if people cold pitch me especially by email it's just normally going to hit i'm just going to hit the spam button because it's like i don't know who you are you've sent me an email i didn't ask for you know like and i don't have time for this because i you know i am busy but um you know somebody reaches out to me through linkedin or through some other channel or you know we have a relationship so while brian and i didn't have a relationship we had a certainly had a relationship with semrush so um you know there was something there already that that had, a, there was a hook right into getting my attention. Um, so the other thing um, in working with agency partners is, are the, is it a complimentary value? You know, is there's, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to partner with someone that's not going to bring any value to my customer because that's all, and, and to me, right. Cause that's ultimately what, what we're looking for a partner to do is to fill a gap that we can't service ourselves, or don't want to service ourselves, or that frankly are just better at it than we are. Because there are certain things like web development, we can do web development because we're technically, see, our our technical SEOs are web developers, but because we don't develop all the time, we're not as efficient. So while we technically can do it, it's really not the best time, you know, way to spend our time. Um, and so we have web development partners who, you know, can do that for us. And you know, in order to make that really successful, you have to have people on both ends who are really good communicators Um, because that's usually the first place for any kind of engagement to break down is communication. You know, someone isn't updating what's happening or there's some kind of miscommunication or something like that. So you really need people on both ends who um, like to talk and are really good at communicating with each other, have a good working relationship and so on.
2: That is the number one complaint that we get from agencies, by the way. We do this survey when you join our community, and we ask what's the good or bad feedback on partnerships. And most of the comments are, are negative, unfortunately, because positive you know, <laughs> things are just not fun to read. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, they they all make a comment. And then every week, we go back through the comments, and we add the tallies to our chart. And we, we're we calculating you know, whether it's communication, red tape, lack of commissions, lack of referrals. Um, There's a couple other in there. Oh, uh, the product isn't fitting the bill. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And communication is number one by like 20 or 30%. And that goes into like situations where you may start a new partnership and then you have a client that you refer them to, but then they take that client through. An unorthodox sales routine, and uh, that client has a need, but they refer that client off to somebody else and don't send them back to the partner that initiated the referral. Different things like that. But um, what are some of the communication issues, stories? Anything that you've gone through as a uh, as an agency? Any any anything at all? Any examples?
1: I've I've actually got a. I actually have some advice for partner managers. I think one one miss is. Agency programs try to scale linearly, meaning they try to add like one new partner a week or a month or something like that and just kind of grow. I think the right model is find a small group of highly motivated partners as your foundation. Like for Split Signal, we have, uh, you know, four was our original number um, with some other like with the data box partnership. It was like 10 partners. So find your small core group first and work over time, to try to make them really famous and really successful first, and don't try to just keep adding more partners before you've really tucked in your initial phase one or you know f- first batch of partners. And I think that's a miss as partner programs try to try to grow and scale like a direct sales org would. And I think that's the wrong motion. I think you should you should overinvest in your first five to 10 partners, make them really famous, provide them double the amount of value that they thought they were going to get from you, really stand out for them, get them talking about you to their friends and posting about you on LinkedIn, and then go off and try to, to add additional uh, partners. I think you're going to have a lot more success that way. Uh, you know, Because I didn't focus on Building twenty different split signal partnerships in the first year, I focused on like four or five, and Marty was one of those number one and two. Um, that enabled us to do a much better job with Marty and not drop the ball, as if we would be distracting ourselves with with twenty different partners. So, I think I think that's a nice. Uh, I think that's a, a common mistake that
0: partner programs make.
2: Yeah, and did that make any light bulbs go off?
0: Yeah, and I, what I was going to say was, I think that oftentimes. Um, when you're evaluating, evaluating a new partner relationship, there's that sort of initial discovery period there, you know, you watch some demos and you get excited and it looks really great. Um, You get access to, you know, in this instance, I'm really talking about SaaS tools, you get access to it. And then you sort of get ghosted by the people who, who put you into this program. And so you get into the tool and you're like, oh, this is really cool, but this doesn't this, this part's not working the way I would expect or I'm not sure what this means. And so you like start contacting people and like, you don't get any reply at all. Um, or you get a reply, which is, oh, I hate this, but it's, it's really off-putting. You get a reply like, Oh, well, we don't support you anymore. You need to talk to our technical support team. And you, then you're just like, okay. And then you have to go through some kind of ticketing system. And it's like, why am I doing this? You know, Why? And this is just wasting my time. Um, particularly if the tool is, um, not that great. Uh, then, you know, it's like I'm trying, but you're really putting a lot of barriers in my way uh, into making this successful for me.
2: Oh, yeah. I, wanna, I want your take on that, Marty. So um, part of the, the pros of partner programs for the tech companies is um, being way ahead of your customers. So if, if uh, SEMrush marketing team, sales team, um, they're really good at knowing what their customers are interested in right now. Uh, you know, keywords for the blog, obviously pain points that sales hear on calls, those kinds of things. But agencies like yours, you have to be six months ahead at least. So you have to know what's coming with Google's search algorithm. You have to know what's coming on the product side. You have to know what your customers are going to need in six months from now mm-hmm. to survive as an agency, um, which is great for the partner team and the product team over at SEMrush. But um, I, want, I want to hear your your side of uh, of kind of helping with product itself. And if that is a factor for you, where you can say like, you know what, if I'm going to double down on this partner program, I have to know that you guys are going to listen to me if I need something, or I I have at least a voice in this conversation of like, here's what my customers are going to need in six months. Are you headed that direction? And if not, you know, you're going to let me know way ahead of time, A, so I can then make the decision for what's best for my agency. I think, a lot of product and partner team relationships don't have that type of communication, which ends up making your life a little bit more difficult, but um, anything on that. Yeah.
0: That actually makes me think about what Brian was saying about, um, you know, companies who try to bring in too many partners at once. And so you don't have a lot of voice in, I mean, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm going to be guiding the product development, but, you know, we actually do have some insightful thoughts about how the tool is used and, and some ways that would make it more useful and more valuable for them. And so we, you know, especially initially would give that feedback and it was really received well versus other engagements that I've had in other partnerships where, you know, you get sent like, oh, that's a great thing. Go suggest it here at this forum and other people can vote on your idea. And it's like, that's just a place to, it's like a graveyard of good ideas, you know, where no one ever looks at that. The product team's not in there looking at those things. I mean, if they are great, but you know, it's just um, off putting to get shoved into some queue. Um, and not even, I mean, even, and it doesn't it, like, I'm humble enough to understand like that every suggestion I make is not going to be acted on, but at least acknowledge it and appreciate it. Um, from a real live person, you know, people are relational. No matter how much we think we stand alone, we are relational. And so having someone acknowledge and value that you're at least attempting to make their product better, I think goes a long way for a partnership. I,
1: uh, I would agree. I do think Marty was, uh, I would, I think it's fair to say he was influential in the uh, taking split signals specifically to market, I think we did catch him early enough in our in our alpha and closed beta, where he was able to give us a lens of how agencies would use it versus how it would uh, direct in-house SEO teams would use it for SEO testing. Um, so you know there, there are there are differences, right? Like an in-house team might not think about um, a feature of like organizing by campaign or by by client, but like Marty is like, oh yeah, I could I could also organize by campaign, but I can also use this feature to organize by client. So there there is a lot of benefits to bringing agencies in to your alpha or closed beta product development um, discussions, and I, I think the uh, it's different than what most. Product owners do, which is they they want to build this for their end customer, and I don't think that's bad. I think that's they for sure should do that. But I also think there is value in at least talking to some agencies and getting some agency specific features uh, built in to the open beta or the the public release, um, or at least having some agency features on your initial you know first or second quarter roadmaps instead of. Trying to um, reactively retrofit agency features into a product that's almost fully baked.
2: Ooh, I love it! Yeah, and I think Marty, um, where we kind of want to take this to end is is on uh, again your sort of criterion evaluation process, but where the where the time differences and the resource allocation makes sense for you. So. He, Brian mentioned a couple things. Beta is a keyword that can go either way. Uh, you can look at the word beta and say, that's interesting. I'm going to be one of a few, and I'm going to be at the forefront of what's coming. Or some other agencies and some other individuals look at beta as this is not tested. Uh, I'm going to wait until you're up. Post beta. So if I came to you uh, as Brian and SCM Rush, and you know SCM Rush, but you don't know Split Signal, and the word beta is attached to it, what does that what is, what does that word mean to you?
0: Well, it much it, it's much more of we we want you to come in and and help us with this. Like and and you know, like Brian said, we were we were brought in at more really kind of an alpha stage and um it's not the first time we've been brought in at that stage and to me that's even more exciting cuz like you really can kind of selfishly <laughs> give some input that that will make it even more valuable to you understanding it's you know i'm not unique it's going to make it valuable for other agencies as well but um and it does give you that competitive competitive edge so that you know when it does go to beta and then when it does get released to the public like you're already intimately familiar with the tool um you can market it heavily um, and then before that, there's this period where like, you can talk about, hey, we have access to this tool that no one else does. And here's, here's how it works. And we'd like to introduce you to it and, and yep. those kinds of things. So it very much is a, is, is a competitive advantage also. I love it. Okay.
2: Okay. So um, to summarize there for the teams that do have this beta early release type thing, it can be valuable. I think you just have to position it and be clear with the agency that they're one of a select few. You've done the research on all agencies like theirs that you could find and you pick them out because of X, Y, and Z and um, showing them the full support of the partnership, making sure that they are felt, uh, they're, they're, they're feeling the trusted level of like, this is going to be a true partnership. You're going to support me in everything that I'm going to do because you know how big of a risk I'm taking by going down this track with you. And it's a personal branding thing. And Brian did mention that you do personal branding and you are very careful about that, which some agencies aren't, you know, they'll go a direction and you'll see stuff happen and then they'll pull all that down and they'll go a different direction. You kind of see that stuff happening. It doesn't look good, but you, uh, Brian mentioned that you do that really well. But the last couple of questions for Brian, um, number one, any take on, SEO agencies and the differences that you've seen that SEO agencies in particular have that are different from your HubSpot experience, Databox experience, Um, and then what other SEO agencies can learn from Locomotive and Marty himself about how to make partnerships successful.
1: I think in terms of how are SEO agencies different, I'm not sure. Maybe Marty can answer this. I think SEO agencies in comparison to email marketing agencies, inbound marketing agencies, branding, PR agencies, for PPC agencies, for some reason, SEO agencies are just way more skeptical about partnerships. Maybe they've had bad experiences in the past with other people trying to sell them stuff. I, I don't have a good answer for it. But yeah, uh, yeah could, Marty, I why, why I are SEO cover. agencies so so much more skeptical than other agencies when it comes to, to,
0: yeah. to uh, SaaS partnerships? SEO agencies are very salty. And I think part of the reason for that is, um, you know, with all respect to military people, it's a bit like being in a battle. When you're an SEO agency... You're constantly fighting the algorithms. Um, and on one hand, you have um, folks from search engines saying, well, if you do these things, then amazingly, your website's going to rank really well. And we know that's not true. Um, and that you actually, there's this long list of other things that become more necessary. And so it's this constant conflict between what we're being told and what we actually observe. Um, and just having to, you know, and the struggle of, and the perception, and it's not, I mean, Google is a business, Bing is a business like they're motivated for for different reasons than we are. And so there is sort of this um, relational- Built-in skepticism. It's a built-in skepticism and a relational conflict that's, you know, it's a, just this ongoing static level of conflict, even though we need each other, right? I mean, obviously we need them more than they need us, but um, yeah, I think that's a lot of the reason that you get that. It's just this built-in way that we look at things. But one of the other interesting things about, particularly SU agencies that have been around for a while is, We're not motivated as much by uh, competition with each other because with SEO, you can't know all things just by looking at what your set of clients. Because it's just you're looking through a pinhole, and so really, SEOs who've been around for a really long time are much more collaborative about sharing information and sharing observations, so that together we can all um, do better. And I think that might actually, if if you're um, a partnership manager, if you can tap into that. With an SEO agency, I think you're gonna you're gonna get past all that natural skepticism. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think a comment on that is very much the way the tools work in SEO versus email and CRM, etc. CRM means I've got to get my client onto that CRM, get them all onboarded. I'm gonna need extra support and all this stuff to do that. Then I can service and create services on top of that CRM implementation or email marketing automation implementation, like the HubSpot agencies, SEOs. Uh, a lot of your stuff is behind the scenes. You may use a solution and have a client on that solution, but they may never even know that it's SEMrush. They may, right. they may just trust you that you're doing your thing and they get a bill and that's it. So I think the, the relationship to the product is a big part of that um, as well. But uh, Brian, final question to you. you. know What can SEO agencies out there listening as well as partner managers that are looking for people like Marty for their program uh, what, what, what can they learn from Locomotive and um, this discussion?
1: I'm going to uh, make Marty feel a little uncomfortable because he's a very humble guy. I'm going to brag about him a little bit. I think there are three things that Locomotive does that kind of stands out in my mind that I don't see from other SEO agencies, from more skeptical SEO agencies. One, I know Marty is a busy guy. He's just as busy as every other agency owner that's listening to this podcast. There are no, there are no exceptions, um, but for some reason, he is unique in that he makes time, regardless of how busy he is, to, to evaluate new potential software partnerships. Uh, he puts like time on his calendar and makes sure that there's a monthly and or quarterly cadence where he is dedicating time to evaluating new partnerships. That doesn't mean he joins one new partner program per month or per quarter but he at least takes time out to evaluate. And I think, um, I think that's, that's more than half the battle. Uh, and I, I could say the same thing about uh, taking time out to evaluate agency partnerships. That's probably a second big thing. I think some agencies are just closed off to this idea that they need to do everything in-house. Uh, they don't delegate. And, uh, and as a result, um, when it comes time for their exit, when it comes time to, to uh, be acquired, or maybe they want to acquire another agency. They haven't built those agency relationships. They've kind of been in this little silo and, uh, and it's not, it's not helpful when it comes to, um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to grow and scale, you're, you need as many of these little partnerships as, as you can, as you can get. So I think, um, I think he does that really well. And then the third thing, which has nothing to do with partnerships is he, creates content on LinkedIn. I see LinkedIn videos of him in my feed all the time. Um, thought leadership videos, some are about how he runs his business. Some are just personal about, you know, he, he likes to drink Planton's whiskey. So, um, I think he's putting himself out there and he, and he's letting his, uh, he's staying top of mind with his prospects and he takes personal branding seriously. It's a, uh, it's an expense for him. He could be doing other things, but he cares about his, uh, perception and there was a there's a great quote in this branding book that I read where it's like whether you're posting on linkedin or not you're building a personal brand. So if you're not doing anything on linkedin, you're building a brand as someone that doesn't have a brand. So when I thought of it that way is like I'm I'm building this brand either way whether I take action on linkedin or record videos or write content or not. When you put it that way, I want to have control over what I'm doing and I want to make sure that um, I'm able to help people when they
2: need help. And I think Marty does an excellent job of that. Killer, man. Awesome, man. Oh, So those listening, I think the biggest things, takeaways, I mean, treat SEO agencies a little bit differently than you treat those agencies that are, are first implementing the product for their clients um, under their licenses and then servicing on top. Um, if your tool is that type of solution in general, if it's just a behind the scenes tool, I think that's, that's a little bit different. Um, start your partnership off, uh, small, uh, limit to 20, something like that. Grow really closely together with these um, experts, bring them close to the product as close as you can as an organization. Um, build that level of trust, make sure communication is tight and everybody knows who to go to for what. Make sure your team knows who that agency is. Uh, bring them in for lunch and learns with your team. I like the reverse lunch and learn. Where marty goes and pitches uh, brian's team um but we're six minutes past and o'brien you want to uh take a break before your next call marty you've been killer man thank you for letting us pick your brain a little bit on the show
0: yeah you're welcome it's great to meet you thank you. thank you guys amazing,
2: Alex. talk online see you